0: Amen. Amen. Am I on there? Amen. That is wonderful. And uh, thank God that we we belong to him. Amen. That's a wonderful thing. And uh, I'm excited to be here today. Excited to be in church. And I love to sing. I'm not much of a singer, but I do love to sing. And I think singing brings us together. Amen. I think when we get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of singing. And uh, I think it's going to be great. Can you imagine being in heaven? and uh, the untold millions amen that's going to be there and uh, being able to sing praises to him and one of my favorite songs is page number 91 what a day that will be so let's sing Uh, we're we're doing great on time it's early today my message is only 15 minutes long and uh, so so let's sing amen so what a day that will be we don't need a piano We can sing it to him so if you need the book page 91 what a day
1: that will be we'll sing it together ready sing it with me there is coming a day when no oh no more clouds in the sky and no more tears to dim the eye all is peace forevermore be golden shore oh what a day glorious day that will be sing it out oh what a day that will be Oh, when my Jesus I shall see, who, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, who, when he takes me by the hand and he leads me through the promised land, oh, what a day, glorious day be sing it think about the words on that second oh there'll be no sorrow there and no more burdens to bear no more sickness no pain and no more parting over there and forever The last time you sing it ready, oh what a day that will be. Who in my Jesus I shall see, and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, who when he takes me by the hand leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. I'm glad to be in church.
0: I love church, and uh, this is is all I've ever known. Amen. I love being here, and uh, this this has been my home church all my life, right? I went off to Bible college for a couple years, but uh, this place brings back many memories and uh, wonderful, wonderful thoughts and memories, and I'm excited to be here today and, and be able to preach God's word. You know, last time I checked, Church was in the Bible, amen, and uh, coming together as the body of Christ, the believers of Christ, and uh, you know, there's no place like it. I mean, you know, Walmart has nothing compared to the church, amen, and uh, even those steak restaurants. I know, Pastor, there's one in Hagerstown you talk about, and uh, he's still supposed to take me there, uh, but it has no place. No place like, the, like this place, amen? No place like the church, and I'm excited to be here. You know, I feel sorry for those. I, you know, I had to stop at Walmart this morning on my way to church and, and get some pancake mix. My wife had pancakes in Sunday school this morning, and uh, I stopped, and you know, I, was, I, I, I felt odd because, you know, I'm walking in in a suit and tie, and you look around, everybody else walking around just living their life, doing their own thing, and uh, I felt sorry for them. Amen. I felt sorry. I, I can't imagine doing life without you all, right? I can't imagine doing church, doing life. Can you imagine doing something else on Sunday? I, I can't. Can you imagine just mowing your grass on Sunday? Can you imagine? And I'm not judging anybody. I, I, I'm not. I'm not God. I'm not the judge. And uh, but we need to. We need to do more to reach people. Amen. And uh, I can't imagine doing anything else on the Lord's day. Amen. This is God's day. This is the day that Jesus, Pastor, already talked about. It came up out of the grave. Amen. And uh, we get to celebrate his resurrection today. And uh, what a wonderful thing. That's a great thing to serve a risen Savior. And, uh, you know, the Bible still says not to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. Right? It says, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And uh, I don't know when he's coming back. You know, it might be today, it might be a hundred years from now, I'm not sure, but we're definitely a day closer, amen? And uh, I don't want to forsake the assembling of my, of ourselves together, I want to be here, amen? And uh, singing together, laughing together, and I think we uh, please God by doing so and being faithful. God's never been uh, uh, bad to me, amen? God's always good, and we owe Him so much, and uh, we're spoiled, aren't we? Spoiled. And uh, many people blame God for different things in their life, and, and I can't put myself in anybody else's shoes, and I don't know what other people go through, uh, but God's good, amen. He's always good, and He's never failed me, and I'm truly amazed every morning I wake up and the fact that He gives me another day to live, and uh, what a blessing, blessing that is. Um, I've got a few announcements, okay, I'm going to hit pause for just a moment, I want to jump into a few announcements, and this is teen related, okay, and uh, this is uh, just to give you a heads up. Next Sunday. Sunday, uh, J- July the 31st, next Sunday, we're having a, a spaghetti dinner, okay, over in the gym. All right, so right after the morning service, uh, for $5, you can get a plate of spaghetti with all the sides and a dessert and a drink, all that good stuff. And uh, this is just a way for our teens to raise a little extra money. And uh, so if you could, please help us. There's a sign-up sheet back on the welcome desk. Get signed up, and you don't have to pay until the next Sunday, okay? So don't leave it at the desk. Uh, Make sure you just take your $5 next Sunday and give it to us over in the gym. And if you'd like to get a to-go box, you can get a to-go box if you'd like to sit down and eat it. And I will say... Okay, next, next Sunday when you go to walk over, you'll walk into those gym doors and it's going to be completely remodeled, all right? That gym, if you've not seen it already, you walk into those double doors and there's no more paneling on the wall, all right? I um, mean, it's got sheetrock, it's painted, there's there's no more nasty old tube lights, whatever you call them, I mean, they're, they're can lights, I mean, it looks nice, all right? So when you walk over, hey, for no other reason, walk on over, give us five dollars and look at the uh, uh, the, uh, the the... The gym, we've got brand new bleachers. You know those old 50-year-old bleachers It took 10 guys to move? And uh, you can do it all by yourself now. And uh, so go over there, look at that, and uh, you'll, you'll enjoy looking at that and seeing what uh, the improvements that's been made over the summer. And then I would like to say as well, coming up on Friday, August the 5th, Friday, August the 5th, we're taking the teens out to do some whitewater tubing, and uh, so uh, that's going to be fun. We did this last year, and so uh, please uh, get your teens signed up. It will be $30 a teen to go, and that will include lunch for the day, but we're going to go and float down the Potomac and uh, hopefully not lose anybody on the way. Amen. And the last year we we had Olivia Harris and uh, I I was scared, I thought we lost Olivia. I mean out of all people to lose, uh, we were there and all of a sudden I I got to where the group was and I'm looking around I said, where's Olivia? and uh, i mean i was scared i was i was freaking out and uh, there was a big rock break that went right in the middle of the river and she was all the, on the other side all by herself just having fun and i said olivia get over here but uh, anyways uh, so so if you pay us enough we'll, we'll leave someone or we'll just let them keep on floating they'll end up in dc i think right as it just eventually make its way down and uh, wherever it goes um and then i will like to say and and, and Talking about the white water tubing, Brother Martini Sunday school class is, uh, is also gonna be going with us. So if you're an adult in his Sunday school class, if they're not in your class, they can't come, right? No, so they have to be in his Sunday school class. And uh, you could go with us, and uh, so we'll take a bus down and, and do that. So please get signed up. Let us know, either Brother Martini, if you're an adult, a teenager, or myself, let me know. Um, and uh, we'll get that signed up and get you signed up and uh, register for that, and that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, and then lastly, uh, coming up on Wednesday, August the 3rd, and starting every Wednesday after, after that, every Wednesday starting with August the 3rd, uh, we're going to be having our Teen Soul Winning time, and we're going to do it just before next up, all right? So we're just asking the teenagers teenagers to come out a little early on Wednesday, and we're going to meet here at the church at 4.30, and to go out for about an hour, hour and a half, have a great time about uh, soul winning, and to come back, and then obviously have next up, and so that's coming up not this Wednesday, but the following, and that's going to be uh, Wednesday, August the 3rd, and if you could help us out with that. That would be great. All right, let's go ahead and pray, and then I'm going to jump in. And I promise you, I won't be lengthy this morning. I uh, have a message that God's given me over the last couple of weeks, and I was even this morning uh, uh, torn between two thoughts and what God exactly wanted. And God gave me peace and gave me uh, assurance as to what I'm supposed to preach on this morning. And so I'm excited about what God's given me. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll ask God to bless us, and we'll jump right into the message this morning. Let's pray, Heavenly Father, we sure do need you. And, uh, Father, we're nothing without you, and we thank you so much, Lord, for salvation. As, Lord, we've already sung about it, we, we sang about your grace, marvelous grace. Uh, Father, we, we sang about the day that you're coming again, what a day that it will be. And, uh, Father, to be able to, to hold your hand and that nail-pierced hand and walk, you lead us through the promised land, and what a day it's going to be. And uh, but Father, until then, may we stay faithful, may we stay true, may we stay committed. And uh, Father, serve you until the day we die. And uh, Father, I ask that you'd bless the words, Lord, that I'm about to share. I ask that they would all be uh, words that you want me to say. Holy Spirit of God, I ask that you would fill me, fill each and every one of us today, that Lord, all of us would walk away being changed this morning, uh, challenged this morning, convicted this morning, and that, Father, we would say it was good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We sure do love you, thank you for all you've done, thank you for all you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. This morning I'd like to look at a subject, a topic that I'm sure we would all, every single one of us, uh, would have an understanding of it. It's something, when I say it here in just a moment, it's a word that even a child in junior church this morning would be familiar with. A word that uh, even my son Tucker and the three year old class would be familiar with. It's a word that we would all say it's a basic uh, a form, a basic practice of Christianity. And, uh, you know, I'm a basic type of person. I'm just just, an, just a redneck from West Virginia, amen, just a country boy, and I like things basic. I, I, don't, I don't like things that I can't understand. I, I try to live by simple faith and, and take the Word of God for what it says and for what it is, and, uh, and we see here, and, and, and so this, this, this Word we're going to talk about this morning is, is something that... God has been convicting me on, something that I've not achieved, I've not mastered this thing, but I think it's something that we can all be reminded of this morning and all be challenged this morning to to do better at this specific thing. If I was to ask us this morning to tell me or to, to, to think of or to write down on a piece of paper the thing that you believe is the most important thing you do all day, the most important thing you do all day, think about it for just a moment. God gives us 24 hours in a day, right? And we do a lot of things in a 24-hour period of uh, of time. Uh, You think, and go ahead and eliminate sleeping, right? That's a good thing. That's an important thing. But eliminate sleeping for a moment. So that that takes out, what, eight hours of your day, 10 hours. Teenagers, I don't know, 15 hours of their day, right? Uh, uh, Go ahead and eliminate your eating time, right? That's a large portion of my day, right, to eat. Amen? Uh, go ahead and, 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 and whatever else, maybe work, family time, whatever you think, uh, go ahead and illuminate those things and think and ask yourself the question, what is the most important thing I could do with the 24 hours that God has given me? Now I, I began to think about that and I began to ponder upon this, this thought. And I believe that the most important thing that we could do with our day and the most important time of our day has got to be the time that we spend talking to the Lord. That word called prayer, right? Pray. That simple four little letter word that we, we say often. We sing about it. We sing. Uh, we teach our children to pray. We we pray over our food at lunch. Uh, we uh, we 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 say a prayer before we go to bed. And I think the most important thing, if you was to, if I was to ask all of us to, to, to be honest, and we would truly think about everything we do on our day, what is the most important thing you would say? I think we would all be in agreement that it has got to be our time spent with the Lord. Some might call it a a walk with the God. Some might call it a prayer time, a, a devotional, whatever you might want to call it. But that time you spend talking to your creator. prayer means to worship. It means a solemn address to the supreme being. Uh, It means uh, consisting of adoration or an expression of our sense of God's glorious perfections. It's it's a time confessing our sins to God. It's a supplication for mercy and an expression of gratitude towards God. Prayer, prayer, that thing that we would consider the most important time of our day. Now, if I was to ask you to tell me This thing that we consider the most important thing we could do with our time, the most important part of our day, if I was to ask all of us how much of your day is spent doing this thing that we consider the most important, I'd be the first to raise my hand to say I'm guilty, I'm convicted, I'm charged with with the accusation of the fact that I don't do it nearly enough. We sleep for eight hours a day. We work for eight hours a day. That's two-thirds of our days gone. Uh, the average American spends six hours on their phone during the day. Think about that. And I don't know if everyone gets the same notification, but God has it set up or someone has it set up that every Sunday morning I get a ding on my phone and it tells me how many hours I spent on my phone that day or that week. Does anybody else get those notifications? And it's it's humbling, it's it's scary when I look down and I think, man, I spent four hours a a daily uh, average this week on my phone, I spent hours a day uh, on my device, and then you compare it to the thing that's the most important thing in our day, that time we could spend talking to our almighty God. You know, I saw a statement this week that I'd like to share, it says the preacher's sharpest and strongest preaching should be to himself. All right, so I'm not here this morning telling you that I've mastered this thing. I I was even uh, uh, leery of even preaching this message today because I'd be the first one to tell you that I'm not the example of a prayer warrior. I'm not the one that has mastered this thing of praying. I'm not so, and I think if we'd all be honest with ourselves, we would all say, you know what, there's not a one of us in here that can truly say that we spent enough time with our Creator. Enough time uh, in prayer. I'm sure if we asked and we took a poll this morning, we all could probably say, especially if you're, I don't know what the age, how old are you? (laughs) Younger than Brother Martini, you probably even spend more time on our phones during the day than we do spending our time talking to the Lord. Let's be honest. We come to church to be honest with ourselves, right? And uh, you know, I, I, I can say I don't have a game on my phone. Some people have games, right? Download it, and they, they I see Brother Martini playing uh, those Angry Birds and stuff like that, right? And, uh, but, but. But you know what, social media and and we just feel, it's it's amazing how just how easy and how you just want to click on it and you just want to scroll and before you know it, you're spending hours a day uh, wasting your time, wasting your life on things that don't really matter. If you have your Bible, let's go to the book of Mark, Mark chapter number 11, Mark chapter number 11 this morning. We see a few verses here, Jesus talking about this thing that we would call prayer. Mark chapter number 11 and verse number 22. I'll give you just a moment to turn. Mark 11, verse number 22. The Bible says, And Jesus answering, saith unto him, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things ye desire, when ye what? Pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. I I, I said it a moment ago, I'm simple enough to believe that if God says something, uh, he, he meant it. And if God says that if I have enough faith and I have enough confidence in my God this morning that I ask him to do something that seems humanly impossible, if I ask him and I believe he can do it, my Bible says he will do it. He will do it. Amen? And uh, this morning, I want to just spend a few moments thinking about this thing called prayer. I, I, I could spend, and we could go through the entire Bible. We can talk about every reference, every time the Bible uses the word prayer. We could talk about stories this morning of prayer. Um, but I don't think we have to do that. I think all of us, uh, we would say ever since we were a child in Sunday school, uh, we could probably even memorize, we probably even have memorized uh, verses about prayer. I'm sure we could say, you know what, I remember the story of how Daniel prayed three times a day, amen? How he spent time, uh, he disobeyed the, the king's command and he's continued to pray, he got thrown into a lion's den because of his praying. I'm sure we could think of the uh, Eli- Elijah praying down fire from heaven. What an incredible uh, act, what an incredible thing. Remember, he prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain. Then he prayed it would rain and then it did rain. And, and, and to be able to be that close to God that whatever you ask, God would answer and God would, would, would hear your prayer because he knows that, he, that, that you're faithful and you have faith that he could do it. I think we could think of the story of Paul and Silas in the prison, right, and them praying and singing at midnight and, and God sending an earthquake, amen, and, and they were being let, they let out of the prison that night. I think we could think of Peter. One of my favorite stories of prayer is Peter when he was thrown in prison. Remember there was a group of people back there praying at the house and praying for Peter and asking God to deliver him. And what, I mean, to me, it reminds me of that story of, of Scrooge, right? Or whatever that story is when when uh, uh, that may, the, the, the Scrooge, remember, he, he gets, uh, that the, the, the spirit takes him from different places to different places, right? And I feel like, you know, Peter was sitting there in a, in a prison cell, and all of a sudden, uh, the, the God allowed an angel of the Lord to come and take him right out of that cell. And, and all of a sudden, he, he shows up at the house. Remember and he knocks on the door and the little maid comes and she's like, Peter's at the door. And everyone's like, what? No, he's not. He's in jail. And God doing something that's humanly impossible. We could go from story after story after story. But yet somehow this, this, this morning, even though we, we know the stories, we've even seen God do things in our own life that are, that are impossible to man. But yet this thing that we would consider the most important thing we do throughout our day. Something that's so easy to do. No one in here could say, I'm I'm handicapped from being able to pray. No one in here could say, there's, I have a disability and I, there's no way that I can physically be able to pray. That's none of us this morning. Something that is so easy to do, yet it gets pushed to the end of our days. It gets pushed uh, to the bottom of our to-do list and day in and day out. And we say, we're going to do it better tomorrow. We'll do a better job tomorrow. Next week, I'll do a better job. And before we know it, our time and our days and our weeks and our months and our years are wasted... And we have failed to do the thing that is the most important in our life. May I say this morning, our country is falling apart. I don't think any one of us this morning would say we're, oh, I just think everything's great. Everything's on the right path and we're doing great. Our country's falling apart. And I believe our countries are falling apart. We've, We've heard this before, but I believe our country is falling apart because our homes are falling apart right? You have moms and dads that's not, that's not, uh, not, not no, no longer together and, and divorce and, and I'm not here to preach on all that today, but our homes are falling apart. Uh, falling apart. We've got poor kids and having to be raised by grandparents and other people, and, and bless you, bless you if that's you this morning. God loves you, and God bless you, but that's not the way it was supposed to be. You're supposed to have a mom that loves you and a daddy that loves and supports you and be able to raise you and, and nurture you and the, uh, the, the nurture and admonition of our heavenly father. But yet our homes are falling apart this morning. And I believe our homes are falling apart because churches are carnal this morning. I believe our churches are so carnal and, and so lax these days and, and, and don't want to do anything spiritual and I believe we, 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 we could sit back and, and when we begin hearing preaching and we, we, we see these things and we realize and we look at why our country's falling apart and we're quick to blame everybody else. Right. We're quick to blame the person sitting in the White House. We're quick to blame senators and, and uh, congressmen. We're, we're quick to blame other people. We're quick to blame other churches in town. Right. We're quick to blame the public schools out there today. Right. But yet, when you really come down to it, the only person you have to blame is yourself. Our lack of prayer, our lack of understanding how important it is, our greatest sin in our church today is, is not, a, is, is not a, a lack of fervency or a lack of, a, of excitement or a lack of whatever you want to call it. I believe our greatest sin in my life today and, and our churches today is the fact that we lack the most important thing that we could ever do, and that is our time spent in prayer. The lack of time spent with the most important person in all the world. Some of us woke up this morning, and some of you wake up throughout your week, and you go about your merry day. You go to work, you get your cup of coffee, you read the paper, you go on your phone, and we go about life, and I, 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 I confess, there's been days I'll get up, and I go to work, and I do different things, and I, I work here. And there's days I go, and, and before you know it, it seems like the even the, the, the thought has, has flown in, and has passed your thoughts, and has passed your mind, and you got, you're busy doing work, and you're busy providing for your family. And that's all important. But if we try and we think we can do it without the one that created us, we'll we'll, we'll turn up and we'll end up a failing disaster and a mess of our life. If we don't understand, we have got to get a hold of God each and every day. You know, there's uh, people around the world and churches uh, in America and people around the world that are trying to come up with new ideas and new methods. Churches are shutting down and they wonder why. They wonder why we, and they have to come up with different programs and different outreaches. And I'm all about outreach, and I'm all about doing different things and promotions and, and all of that. But if we would get serious and if every single one of us would have a, a daily walk with God, and a daily time committed to pray for our church, could you imagine, could you imagine what God could do in a year's time if every single one of us would pray and, and ask God to allow us to be the witness where we need to be and have a testimony that all we ought to have and we go out and we compel them to come in. We'd have to build another building. We'd have to knock out walls because the multitude of people that would come But yet we wonder why churches are shutting down and we wonder why, you know, we just, uh, uh, things just don't seem to be the, the, the way they used to be or whatever you want to call it. I believe it's because of our lack of prayer, our lack of understanding. We have got to talk and meet with our creator each and every day. Prayer yields revival. Prayer yields a harvest. Prayer yields the impossible. Think about that. Your prayer and the lack of your praying it can uh, can cause you to, to miss out on something that God has for you. It can cause you to miss out on the impossible thing that you think can never be done in our life. Your time in prayer, I believe, is the closest we can get to God on earth. Your time spent in prayer, we do a lot of things. I think we can sing and worship God in song. I, obviously, the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. We understand that. But when we can spend time talking to God and spending fellowship with God, I truly believe that it is probably the closest we can get to God on this earth. You know, the, the, and I'm, I'm not old by any stretch of the imagination, but the older I'm getting, I'm understanding the importance of being a man of prayer, Amen? Understanding the, the, the burdens of life and the fact that, you, you know, the older you get, the more burdens, the more things you carry. And you've got to have someone to carry those burdens with you. Amen? Amen. I have understand that the older I'm getting and the longer I'm being married and having children, I'm under, understanding the importance of being a husband that prays. Amen. My family needs a man, a husband that prays. Uh, My my children need to have a father that prays and understands the importance that I am the one that has has got to pray and and beg God to keep a hedge of protection about my family and about my home, upon my children. The devil wants nothing more than destroy us. He hates us. And I've, I've been talking about this to our teenagers on Wednesday night. The devil absolutely hates you. He cannot stand you. And he's going to do everything he can to cause you to fall, to tempt you, to destroy your life, to get you to turn on God and think, all oh, fooey on that stuff. I'm no longer going to uh, believe that. I'm going to go and do my own thing. And I believe a lot of it is dependent upon us as parents and us as, as, uh, as adults to be praying for our young people this morning and praying for our families, praying for our homes I believe no one has ever, and, and I believe, and I've been telling this to our teenagers, we've been going through the book of Ephesians and, and uh, chapter number 5, talk about the putting on the armor, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to uh, stand against the wiles of the devil. And he tells us to stand there for it, right? Stand, we've got to be able to stand and, and be able to, uh, uh, be able to uh, withstand those attacks from Satan. But you know what? I, I don't believe any man has ever been able to stand against the wiles of the devil without spending much time on his knees in prayer, much time spent on our knees in prayer. You say, Brother Kidwell, how, how have we ever gotten to this point? How have we gotten to this point? How, how do we get, how is it so easy that as a child of God, as, as ready, I mean, you talk about fast food or fast this or uh, Jesus is on standby 24-7. I mean, you don't even have to open up your phone and push on an app. I mean, all you have to do is start, start talking to him, amen? I mean, this is the easiest thing you could do. And you say, how have we gotten to the point that this thing is that is the most important We make it so little. We spend so little time doing it. I I believe we've been raised in a culture and a generation of people that says we truly, we don't need God. I'm I'm thinking about here in America. We're we're living in a a culture and a generation that says you can do it all by yourself. You can go out and and you can work hard and and you can have good work ethic and, and I'm all for that. But we think that, and, and, and myself speaking, honestly, there's been times in my life that I think, you know what, well, I've done that, and I've bought that, and I've paid for that, and if I need more, I can go work a little bit longer and make a little more money, right? And we think, well, look what I have done. The poorest person in here today is richer than most people in this world today. And the Bible tells us about that rich man in the Bible. Remember, Jesus was talking to the rich man, and he, uh, he says it's, uh, it's, 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 hard. it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle, than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that doesn't mean if you're rich you can't go to heaven, but it means uh, people start putting their faith in themselves. They believe, look what I can do, and if I do this and I work harder, I can have whatever I want. We have homes we've bought. We have cars we've bought. We have toys we've bought. We have clothes we've bought. We have everything, and we are 100% totally dependent upon ourselves. Let's just be honest this morning. I think most of us could say, you know what? Uh, to be honest, I mean, there's a lot of things I do in life that I'm, I just depend upon my own self, my own work, my own flesh. I just do it myself. right? right? And, that, and that's a part of being a man, a part about being nature and, and, and so forth, and I, I get that. But when we think we can go throughout life without the one that created us, I think we'll, we'll quickly realize the failing disaster and mess that we'll find ourselves in. Right. We need to be 100% totally dependent upon God. 100%. We think God and prayer is this thing that we only do when bad things happen. You know, we live in a culture that thinks, oh, well, we only pray when uh, disaster happens. We only pray when after the uh, shooting takes place and a bunch of little kids are killed in school. Then all of a sudden it's okay to pray. Think about it. Think how uh, uh, the, 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 the foolishness of thinking that way, of the fact that, you know, we, can, we, we, we take prayer out of our schools, right? We take Bible out of our prayer out, out of schools, Uh, But then all of a sudden they wonder why someone comes in, some nut job comes in and shoots up the place, and then all of a sudden everyone and all the politicians, well, we need to pray for the families, pray for the victims, pray for the families of the victims. And I'm all about praying for the families of the victims, but maybe if they would have been praying in the school before they ever, before uh, the disaster ever happened, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Right? Right? And I'm just thinking this morning, and (laughs) praise be to God this morning, I think we need to get back praying. Think our, The reason our country is the way it is today is because we're, we as Christians are not praying like we ought to be praying. If you have your Bible, let's flip over to the book of Matthew. Well, you don't have to turn there. Never mind. Matthew, I'm just going to hit it real, real quick. We will go ahead in just a moment, go to First Thessalonians chapter number 5. But real quickly, Matthew 24 tells us that as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And we think about the days of Noah, there was a lot of people that the Bible says they were drinking and eating and giving in marriage, marrying and giving in marriage, right? And the Bible tells us that they, they lived a life of, of luxury, they lived a life of we don't need God. And if that's not our culture and generation which we live in today, I, I, I truly believe that yay, uh, we could be living in those last days, the days of Noah, the people that no longer want anything to do with God and uh, and just like the days of noah those that didn't get on the ark those that didn't believe you know there's a lot of people out there today that say oh well there's no god there's no jesus christ he's not coming back it's been over 2000 years he's not returned he's not coming back and you know what they're going to miss out yeah, right. they're going to be left behind just like those uh, people in the days of noah we have everything we think we, have, uh, we think we have everything, we think we have everything it takes, but everything we have today, the material things are all corruptible things, they, they're things that don't really matter. The things that really matter in this life is your family that God has given you, the influence you have on others, and the preaching of the gospel to a lost and dying world. There's a, uh, I'm not much of a reader. I'll be honest this morning. I, I'm not much. There's people that love reading, and, and I, I don't find joy in reading. I just don't. I'd rather watch the movie of it instead of reading uh, you know, the book on it, you know. And that's just me, amen. And, uh, but when I was in college, there was a book that I was uh, told to read, and it was called Preacher and Prayer, The Preacher and Prayer. And it was a book that I, 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 I love and cherish. It's something that every time I read it, I get encouraged by. It's a very short book. But it talks, about, it talks about a preacher and his prayer life, how important it is for people, of, not just preachers, but all of us as Christians this morning, have, a, have, a, a, have a, a prayer life. And there was a few statements, and I want to read a few of these. The one statement says this, Prayer is not a little habit pent on to us while we were tied to our mother's apron strings, neither is it a little decent quarter of a minute's grace set over an hour's dinner, but it is the most serious work of our most serious years. Think about that not just something that we do just to say we, we've done it, or we say a little quick prayer over our, our breakfast and our supper at night, uh, but it's truly the most, most serious thing we do in the most serious years of our life. It also said light praying will make light preaching. Light praying will make light preaching or teaching wonder how many of us this morning we got up in our Sunday school classes and we got before little boys and girls and we, we, we taught a lesson without ever praying over the lesson that we're about to teach. We get up and we teach a lesson and I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty. I'm, I'm nobody. Please don't think I'm judging anybody this morning. But I think we all could say we need to push a reset button and this thing that we think that we can get up and we can do it in our own power. We think we can do it in our own strength. We've done it for 30 years. I can get up and teach a lesson uh, uh, blindfolded. I, I don't need anybody's help. And that's when we find ourselves, when the generation that slips by and they don't want anything to do with God, is because we do it in our flesh and not in the spirit this morning. Talking to men for God is a great thing, but talking to God for men is greater still. Amen? Talking to men about God like I'm doing this morning to you is a wonderful thing but for me to go and pray to God on behalf of you is even greater. I mean, you know, we have a cross talk that we go through on, on, on Wednesday nights, and we have names of people. We have people in our church that haven't been contacted, haven't been talked to in months, and, they, and uh, we seem to forget about them, and, and uh, we don't pray about them for them, and they're sick, they've got disease, they've got cancer, and, 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 and it could be up to you. It could be up to me. To pray the blood of Jesus over them and God heal their, their uh, sickened body? What if it was up to just you? Mm-hmm. I, I wonder who's not getting healed today because we didn't pray for him. Wow. When was the last time you prayed for somebody else? Prayer is a humbling work. It abases intellect and pride and crucifies vainglory. You know, I, I begin, I'm beginning to learn to pray over even the simplest of things. Even things that you would think, well, it's not even worth praying. I mean, it, it's, a, it's only of circumstance, things of circumstance. Or, you know, I don't believe in just circumstance. I don't believe things just happen because you're lucky, right? I believe God ordains things and God allows things to happen for a reason. So I'm, I'm beginning to learn to pray for even things that seem like I don't even need to pray over them, but I'm going to pray over them instead. And I've been watching God do things uh, that is incredible. And I've been, and the great part of that, when, when, when you know it's not you that can do it, Guess what? You get to influence a lot of people around you when you say, hey, no, that's not me. That was all God. And imagine the influence and the testimony you could have around those, even those lost people that are around you and those people you work with, uh, when you can get up and say, you know what? No, that wasn't me, my friend. That was God. That was God that did that. Because I prayed for that to happen. Amen? The effectual fervent prayer has been the mightiest weapon of all God's mightiest soldiers. What a statement. That factual fervent prayer has been the mightiest weapon of all God's mightiest soldiers. You say, Brother Kidwell, Hunter, how, how can I become a successful prayer? How can, I, how can I be someone that truly can get a hold of God? It, it, it's going to be quite simple. It's going to be easy to say, but it's going to be somewhat hard to do. But the only, successful, the only way we can be successful at prayer and praying and seeing God do great things is by spending much time with God in prayer. Much time spent with God is the secret to all successful praying. The Bible, and I think you turn there in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, a little short verse amongst a lot of other verses, but the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without what? Ceasing. Pray without ceasing. I believe we ought to learn and be able to adapt and understand the importance of praying all throughout our day. You know, praying does not require you to fall on your knees, although I think there's times in our life we need to fall on our knees before God. You can pray going down the road. You can pray uh, uh, in, your, in your office, in your car, at work, wherever you want to be, spending time talking to our Heavenly Father, Amen. praying without ceasing. Uh, one more statement here that I, I got from the book that I was reading. It says, God's acquaintance, acquaintance is not made by pop calls, God does not bestow his gifts on the casual or hasty comers and goers. Amen? God, God's not entitled to answer a prayer that you prayed one time. God's not entitled to, to answer you when, when you never come to him, but all of a sudden there's an emergency, and now we're going to run to God and, 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 and beg him to answer this request. God's acquaintance is not made by pop calls. It's not bestowed upon those who are just casual hasty or hasty comers or goers. Much time in prayer produces uh, the, the, the moving of God's mighty hand. And I wonder what things have we... I wonder what what, what things or what people have been, uh, have been helped by our praying and who's not been by our prayers. I wonder what things have been... I wonder what things we've even stopped praying for. Right? There's things that used to be what we prayed for... And we, we went on and we prayed, and you might even have prayed for weeks and even months and even years, and all of a sudden you reached a point where you thought God could no longer hear me. You're sitting here today, and I don't know what it is, a lost loved one, a, a wayward child, I don't know what it is this morning, a, a disease, someone that, uh, that's going through a hard time right now, and you wonder, well, does God even hear me? Does he even know my request? I prayed and I prayed, and it seems he doesn't want to, he doesn't, it seems like he doesn't hear my request. But let me remind you of a story. If you have your Bible, I'll go to one last passage and we'll be done this morning. Uh, one of my favorite uh, stories about this. Go to Luke chapter number 18. Luke chapter number 18 this morning. And this is about a widow and an unjust judge. You probably know the story. The widow and the unjust judge. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 18 and verse number 1. This is Jesus speaking. He says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. I'll be honest, there's things that I fainted on, prayers that I quit praying because I fainted. Right? I no longer prayed those things. I thought God wouldn't answer my request. But then he tells us this parable. He says, in a, there was a city, a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man man cometh, he shall find faith on the earth. What a story. And I know I ran through it fast, but the Bible tells us there was a a judge, an unjust judge, a man that didn't fear God, uh, not a good man. And then there was this widow. And the Bible doesn't tell us what the widow's problem was, but she had a problem. And the only person that could fix that problem was this unjust judge. And the Bible says that she would get up, and if I think if, you, if God would have gave us a few more verses here, he would have told us, you know, she got up, and every morning she would meet him at his house, knocking on his door, Judge, Judge, avenge me of mine adversary. You know, I think she probably got in her car if they had cars back then, but I don't think they did, right? Uh, but whatever, she ran behind the judge all day long. I think she would go to the courthouse and find the judge and say, Judge, please avenge me of mine adversary. Please, and I don't know how long, the Bible doesn't tell us how long this period went on, but the the Bible says the judge got so tired of her coming and so tired of this lady bothering him that the Bible says that he finally said, I'll give you what you want. And then he tells us, Jesus says, how much more. Okay, look at it. Hear what the unjust judge saith, verse 7, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which do what? They cry day and night unto him. You know, there's some things in our prayer life that God wants us to learn to be patient. Amen. There's some things that God is trying to, he wants to see if there's faith left on the earth. Right. There's some things, some things I mean, think of Noah, all the years it took him to build the ark and, and all the time. And he could have quit, but he just said, you know, I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to stay, I'm going to show God my faith. I've got faith. And the fact that he, he truly means it's going to rain someday. Faith on the earth. I wonder what things we've stopped praying for. I wonder what things we gave up. This widow could have gave up. She could have quit, and she would have never got the answer she needed. Let that not be said of us this morning. Real quickly, my challenge today, and I'll be done, my challenge for all of us, myself included. Number one, maybe you're here today. You're a young Christian. Maybe this thing of praying is something you've never even begun. Oh, well, you'll say a prayer over your dinner. You'll say a prayer before you go to bed. But I'm talking about a sacred time alone. The Bible even talks about time spent in a closet. Uh, okay, so wherever that closet may be. Time alone where nobody else is around. That it's just you and God and you can talk about things, personal things, things, needs, and pray for other people in that time alone. So maybe the Bible says in Jeremiah 33:3, one of my favorite verses, right? Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee what? Great and mighty things thou knowest not. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you're tired of doing life by yourself, right? You're tired of, uh, of having to face problems by yourself and you're trying to figure out who to run to when we truly have God, the resource that we, could, we can use at any time. And then lastly, number two, so number one, maybe you just need to begin praying. And number two, maybe we need to, maybe you are a prayer, you're someone that you do pray, but maybe you need to increase your praying. Maybe you need to start praying. Uh, maybe you need to begin praying more much, much prayer is, the successful, is a success for praying and, and getting, the, getting God to do great and mighty things. If you're here today and you're not saved, you're not a child of God, then God has no obligation to, to meet your request. Right? Those, child, those that are his children, he's going he's to be wanting and desiring to give you the desires of our hearts. But if you're here today and you say, Brother Kidwell, I'm, I've never, I'm not a child of God. I've never been saved. Maybe today is the day that you need to get saved. Amen? Amen. And maybe the rest of us here today, many of us here for a long time, members here for a long time, and maybe we just needed to be reminded of the importance of praying. Let's bow our head and close our eyes and let's ask God to do a work in our hearts today. Heavenly Father, we sure do love you and I thank you for, uh, Lord, this truth. I thank you for convicting me today, Father. Lord, I, I know that I am nothing. I, I am my, my walk with you and, and, and my prayer time with you is not what it should be. And Lord, but every day I do desire for it to grow. Every day I desire to be a man and a husband and a father of prayer. May I realize that there's people that are depending upon me. There's requests that I need to pray for. And Lord, maybe my request and my prayer towards you is what moves the hand of an almighty God. Lord, maybe someone here today is not saved and they never put their faith and trust in you to save their soul. May they understand the importance of that prayer of asking you by faith to come into their heart and to save their soul from hell. And Lord, I ask that you would save the the lost and Lord, convict the rest of us today that could say, you know what, my prayer life is not what it needs to be. As the pianist begins to play, let's all stand, rise,